Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 73. Actually, Grant, if I can cut in here. Oh wait, of course I can. I'm editing this. I can cut in whenever I want. Hello, 10,000 Hours listeners. My name is Pat. I'm the audio editor of this program. This is episode 74. You guys did episode 73 last week, thus following episode 74 this week. And while we're on the subject of me editing myself in, can I just draw attention to the fact that you guys threw me under the bus at the beginning of your phone call with this week's guest. Actually, listen to this. What a pro. What an audio professional. We don't really know what it feels like to work with one of those. (laughs) What? Pat, notwithstanding. Right. Good save, Vince. Anyway... On with episode 74. Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 73 with a near and dear friend, uh, a collaborator, somebody I'm really excited to have on the show. I feel like first-ish, well, first EDM uh, artist. Yes, uh, for sure. And and I think probably first like, dedicated musician. musician. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And that is uh, Vasky, a.k.a. Alex Brower, originally a Minneapolis dude who I met and made a couple of music videos with and uh, who is now residing in sunny Los Angeles. Yeah, he was a great guest, an interesting guy. And we talked about an interesting topic, which is uh, apropos, given his music discipline and his art form, uh, it was evolution. Uh, how your craft evolves, either by necessity or just organically over time, and how reflecting on that evolution can benefit you as a creative person. Yeah, awesome perspective. So thoughtful. Like, just he's, he's a smart dude, and he's a great artist, and he's super kind, which is, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's a nice combination. So, you know, big shouts to him. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, evolution and I think finding your path, that was a lot of our conversation. Uh, I do have a Skillshare class uh, right now called Go Plus Do. If you listen to the show before, you've probably heard me talk about it. I won't go on too far. It's uh, designed to help you get moving and, and uh, as the title suggests, Go Plus Do. Start a creative project that matters. Uh, if you're interested in that, go check it out. There's links somewhere you'll find it. Thanks, Grant, for doing that, for making that a thing. And thanks to GoPlus2 for sponsoring. Thank you, Vasky, for joining us on a really fun episode. And thank you, listeners, this week and always, for checking it out. Hope you enjoy episode 73. 74. Evolution. thing is that cracking your joints or neck or anything there's no actual danger or, or negative repercussions associated really? with it yeah we'll show notes that uh web MD there's article a- okay so Vinny, if you could start the show like we start the show every time actually let me take a step back Usually we dance around the questions, so I feel like to say that we start the show this way every time would not be accurate. It'd be disingenuous. And we, we strive for the highest level of authenticity here on 10,000 Hours, but Vince, could you tell me, what are you putting your time into right now? What are you working on? 
Uh, yeah, I'd love to, Grant. I'm busy on new business and old business, and uh, this is all stuff at the office at Old Yamamoto. It's a time of growth for us, which is very exciting. Uh, unfortunately, or I mean, not unfortunately, I can't really share any of the new business opportunities that I've been putting most of my time into, but a lot of cool stuff for a lot of very cool brands, and uh, look forward to it in the, in the semi-near future. In the semi-near future. Well, I wish you luck on those pitches. Hey, thanks, man. I really do appreciate it. Sad process. <laughs> it is also yeah. It's often like a a, a soul ringing experience. A lot of you know late nights, but that's part of the fun of it. Sometimes, it sometimes it really is. Sometimes yeah. it the shared struggle is actually pretty cool. Pretty but cool. not to romanticize a struggle or anything, Grant. Yeah. Well. Why don't you return the favor if no, you'd be so you kind yeah, yeah, and problem. and tell me what you've been putting uh, your time into? Just yeah, just wrapped a couple. We shot a couple of music videos last week, which was pretty intense. Um, had never done two in one week before, so that's a new record. And then uh, just been doing a lot of photography stuff and some client design shit this week and prepping for uh, some trips. I'm headed out to San Diego and then to Orlando and then back to LA. Yeah. So wow, lots of stuff. Super I won't excited. be seeing much of you well, in the near future, yeah, probably. Yeah, well, you'll hear my voice, I hope. Um, <laughs> but speaking of music videos, this is perhaps the best way to introduce our lovely, and I, I truly mean it when I say lovely, uh, our lovely guest today, especially when you consider his industry and perhaps his art form. I feel like there are, I don't want to say a lot of, but there are a number of less than lovely people sometimes in the music industry hmm. i mean well okay let me That's... let me take a step back I, sh- I feel like in any sort of like major artist or like mainstream art like level you just sometimes butt up against kind of some shittiness and sort of like built-in shittiness yeah that's true but uh i've been fortunate enough to work with this homie on a couple of music videos and it was a delightful process so welcome to the show mr vasky aka alex brower Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. And you are coming to us from Los Angeles, are you not? Los Angeles, California. Lovely. And you are sort of you're sort of my guiding light in terms of like you, what are you on? Like a yearish, a little over a year now being out there? Yeah, uh probably about a year and two months. Sick. Okay. And loving every minute of it, I just would venture to guess. Oh yeah. It's it's really great over here. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. California love. It's a reoccurring theme on this show for good reason. Um, why don't you just like outline how you guys met and, and what you do, Alex? Well, uh, so Grant and I, I don't know the first time we actually met, but yeah. we were just kind of around in the same social circles for a while. And like I was friends with uh, his girlfriend and like, you know, like the we ran into each other and like had a lot of mutual friends. And then um, when we started to actually get to know each other more was when he said he wanted to make a music video for me yeah. and uh, made the connection to my friend Conrad. And I was like, oh, I don't really know. Like I know Grant, but I don't know like the work he's done and everything. So I checked up on it. And I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. Like he's actually done some really cool stuff. Um, and when, when I actually sat down and like when we worked, on the waitlist video, I was blown away by how legit and how cool it was at the end. So it was like a pleasant surprise of like, oh wow, this guy's really, really good at what he does. And 
Yeah, I just, I just had to plug you really hard right Yeah, there. I was like, <laughs> if, if you could have seen me, I did a little bow to the mic. He did, yeah. <laughs> Respect, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good plug. Uh, and I guess uh, on what I do is I'm a music producer slash DJ, and I write music on a computer, and I sell it online, and I have a bit of an online persona or brand, or as you could say. And, and yeah, I've been doing this for six years. Uh, I originally made dubstep music, and then it's segued into all kinds of different electronic music, mostly centered around dance. Um, and I, I DJ to play shows. So I, I'll be composing songs, and I, I mix them together live in my performances. So when you come see me DJ, you're seeing me play my own songs as well as other people's songs mixed together in a nice dance format. Well, Great. That was what very, I, yeah. very succinct. Have you done this before? That was well done. And, and to reverse that plug, I mean – the reason I was excited to work with you and I think the reason that, you know, there's an audience for those videos and for any of your stuff is because your music's dope. <laughs> I mean, uh, it comes down to that. As an outside fan who never knew of you or didn't know you, of course, personally, until Grant introduced me to your music through his videos, uh, I'm a huge fan as well. So the plug goes both ways. Super dope. Nice. And I think you sort of got at this. And it's what I was especially excited to talk to you about, um, just because, you know, when we started working together, I had been familiar with your music. Um, and as I started to sort of dig into the drives and dig deeper into what you had made, and then now as I've been kind of around you for the last like year or so in seeing where you're going, there's this evolution. It's kind of evolving. And I think that's a natural thing, a very real thing for for everybody, but especially for artists um, and in music and in all those things. So I'm hyped to talk about evolving, about that idea, about what that means for us as people and for our work. And I'm wondering if maybe you could just like start us off and talk to us a little bit more about that evolution. You're saying you used to make dubstep music. Now it's sort of branching off. You want to tell us like kind of how you got maybe started in music and then, you know, where that went? Yeah, totally. So let me go back a little bit and say that when I first started making music, it was like, you know, all my friends, I, I started off when I was 19, basically, is like, that's when I got my real start is when I was 19. That was actually when I was making money and able to support myself just on my music. Well, so at that, how at long that had you time, been doing, how long had you been doing that before then? Um, I had been DJing for two years and I had been writing music on my computer casually just for fun uh, since I was 12. So okay. for a very long time. Respect, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it, like I said, casually, I mean, like, just because I had music software on my computer and I messed around with it didn't mean that I was, like, actively trying to write songs. I was just kind of, it was just a fun thing that I could do instead of playing video games sometimes, you know. So I had that. And then, so when I was 19, then I started to actually make money enough to support myself. And at, at this time, it was like all my friends, you know, were in college, um, I mean, not all of them were in college, but that was like the age of being in college. And what I noticed is like nobody really knows what they want to do. And everybody who says they would know what they want to do switches. And I found that really interesting. Um, and just the way that I pursued other people is like, oh, this person is this type of person or this person is a finance person or something like that. You know, like there's there's some fields where it's it's very obvious, like you fit really well into here and then you're going to do this. And that's like done and done. And for me, it was always music. I was always like, I want to write music. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to make money, but I think it's really fun and it's more fun than everything else I've done. So I'm going to do that. So 
when I was in high school, I, I actually uh, I made CDs and I made album art and I sold them to my friends. And it was cool because it was just like, oh, I was making five or ten dollars here or there just by selling these CDs to people. And like people actually legitimately liked to listen to it. It was weird music. Looking back, it wasn't very good, but like it was kind of something kind of punk rock about it, you know, like just giving it to people and like, you know, starting to sell my mixtape, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so I was doing that and trying to figure out, you know, what, what can I do to actually make money off of music? And I was working part time. Um, I did, I did a bunch of other random stuff on the side and like, like, I guess at the time it was my main thing and music was on the side, but eventually I ended up getting a job being an audio engineer part time that I could, I could live off of. And what that meant at the time was that I was assistant to this guy who, made like songs and sounds and stuff for big companies like target and Hasbro. Um, and I learned a lot about pro tools and recording and thing like just legitimate audio production work working for him. And at that time I was, that was when I was starting to DJ. I was, I was 19 and I was, uh, traveling. I was being paid to fly places to perform my music. And this is all because it was being sold online. And, uh, so there was like, a lot of people that were interested in what I was doing and I was working at this place doing the audio work. And then eventually it just kind of happened that he didn't have any more work for me and had to let me go. Cause it was just me and this guy, like me as his assistant. Um, and at that time I was like, man, I, can I do this music thing full time? Like, can I, can I actually swing it? And I, I just kind of did it and made it work. And there was some times where money was pretty tight, but I just made it work. And then I just haven't looked back, you know, it just, it's continued to work and do really well and like blowing me away with that. Hell yeah. So uh, that's, that's kind of just my background story of like how I got yeah, started. That's, a, that's, I mean, that's a great summation. And I think there's like a lot of really good nuggets in there for people in general. Not that like, I don't know, you know, we can pull nuggets of stuff from people's stories. I don't think it's always applicable, but I mean, even just when we think about like paths and you, you know, hustling on your own without sort of, you know, without much, just doing it on your own and then maybe taking a natural step like toward your quote unquote dream or toward your passion, toward your thing, even on the, on the commercial side, finding something that's peripheral, that's going to like kind of overlap with that interest and give you kind of, I mean, you're basically doubling up there because it's like, if if you have two separate things when it's your side thing and then you have your other thing that makes you money, that's like, that can be good. But when you can overlap them now, it's like you're benefiting yourself, you're learning and you're making money. And then, right, that, that goes away and you lean all the way into the thing, which, hell yeah, man. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you, you've got a story that kind of has an end that is kind of like, it almost seems supernatural. It's just so, I mean, I'll speak kind of in fanboyish terms, but it's so cool. You're a DJ. You get to pay to do the music you love and it's cool music and you get to travel. But you came about it in a very natural way, right? You pursued interest. You dabbled when you were young. You got kind of a tertiarily involved field. Slowly but surely you built a following. So it, it's kind of an attainable way to achieve something that seems unattainable. I thought it was really cool. And I think what might be also cool is to kind of dissect maybe on a more granular level how your actual style of music evolved over this time because like you said at the beginning it was way different than how it is now and even at the midpoints of the career I'm guessing there have been pretty drastic differences so maybe not only just how it changed but why you think it changed might be interesting yeah I have a lot of thoughts on that 
But I do want to say also, when, you, when you're talking about it's interesting to watch the path and how those things happened, it's strange for me because at the time I had no idea what I was doing and no plan whatsoever. I was just, I had an idea of what I wanted to do and it was fun and that's what I liked to do. Like that's literally what it was. And being as old, like being older now and like understanding that if you want to make something really great happen, you have to like work towards it in a specific way. Um, there's kind of the thought of like, you know, simplification of dumbing it down to one grand thing and like everything else uh, coming off of that. And like, that's, that's like what I was doing before without even realizing it. And I think that it's sometimes it's good to not overthink things. And I think, I think that when you're, when you're a creative person and you're your own boss and you have nothing but time, you know, it's very, very easy to overthink things. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> oftentimes, okay. So actually when I was thinking about, about what I wanted to talk with you about and like what our topic might be, um, one thing that had jumped into my head was the artist's way. Cause that's what I was really, that's what I was really thinking about. Like, Oh, what is, what is the way of the artist? You know, when, how do you become, how do you sustain, how do you grow, how do you evolve? And then that's like, Oh, maybe evolution is sort of the term I want to use. But uh, when I think of the actual, I was also thinking about the artist's way program. I don't know. Are you familiar? Either of you guys? I'm not I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Julia Cameron, who was like, this really interesting artist has done all sorts of different mediums and she wrote this book called the artist way and it's a program. And like I did it for maybe six weeks or something with these other filmmakers and a lot of it, it it's truly a beneficial. I feel like if you're a creative person, it's like an almost religious kind of like thing to do, which is cool. I feel like. And uh, anyway, a lot of what that does and is focused on is getting back to your inner artist child, as they say, which is sort of unlocking the creative pathways Basically being vulnerable, being like naive, being whatever, being a kid. And that's kind of what you're talking about though. The irony is like when you're a kid, you, I mean, I say kid lightly. Like I think we can kind of scale that up to, you know, 17 year old. Mm-hmm. Young adult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's like when you're that old, you can have a more singular focus because there's just less turmoil or at least perceived turmoil going on around you. And so I feel like a lot of our creative pursuits, I mean – even on a on a just an actual practical level is like quieting all of the bullshit around us and focusing on the one singular act you know for me even like writing a treatment for a music video or for a video or for any of those things like shutting everything else out and then just focusing on that one thing it's like that's the creative act so for you to say like you're tapping back into that like that is i mean that's the truth that's like all there is right i mean absolutely yeah. simpler times my friend <laughs> yeah and, and yet they can be that simple they can be like we we kind of add these layers of complexity over our like work in our lives like ah it's easy to do and it's easy to feel compelled to do it in terms to like as a as a misguided attempt to add context or meaning to yeah. our stories but in reality sometimes simplicity is the actual truth yeah totally. yeah and that's that's been a theme for me with my musical development recently is like really getting back to simplicity and realizing that that's something that is so so important and that uh, I don't know the the name of this term, but there's there's the idea that when you're an expert in something, you get really caught up in the details and the things that no one notices except for like the top five percent or people or you know, and like where it's actually the ninety five percent or the like the really really noticeable things that you just glaze over that are the most important. Dude, I've been I've been applying that sort of mentality and, and just like I've been really interested in that idea, especially as I've been evolving personally into like different mediums 
and like you know I'm very early in some of those mediums but like I kind of love that I don't have that expertise in some of these things whether that's photography whether that's I've been you know fucking around with some DJing any of those things it's like I kind of don't care because I'm not that invested in that way in it and it's like that and it's like true though I mean you know what do you experience and besides that uh, that there is like something maybe to be said if your audience is the other top five percent of performers because some people like that is who they care about you know yeah absolutely most, most of us or most artists i feel like it's a more accessible level of of like art that you're trying to make so okay alex track us back a little bit like as you're mm -hmm. developing your sound your quote-unquote sound you know what where does you know that obviously starts with some musical influences where did, where does that start where does that go well, I would say that when I really think about music and how it applies to me and how it applies to the type of music that I'm making at a certain time, it really is – and people ask you – like people ask, where do you get your inspiration and stuff like that all the time? And I just – I think that life and everything that you're going through is the only form of inspiration really. Like you can say that I'm inspired by this movie or I'm inspired by this person or something, but like – I feel like the way that you've lived your life and the things that have happened to you are what led you to be identifying with that person or that movie or that piece of art in the first place. So like that is actually what is inspiring you. And that's, that's how I feel that my music is coming. I, I feel like that's what it's coming from is my life experiences and whatever I was going through. And, you know, looking back, I can see, the times that I've made the most aggressive music or the most angry music is the times that I've been the most frustrated. And it's like in general, just of whatever's going on in life, like the times that I've been dealing with the most stuff. And it's interesting because that seems to be the music that most people identify with because everybody is going through something at some point. You know, like if you make music that's just completely carefree and lighthearted and super safe and whatever, you know, that's, that doesn't seem to be the type of music that people love, you know, like there's, there's a lot of music like that out there, but the types of music that people really love and that they really, really identify with is like, you know, love songs or like heartbreak songs, or, you know, you think of like blues music of like the whole musical movement of people that are sad, you know, they're like, Oh, my wife left me. Like, my dog died, you know, my truck won't start, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what, that's what people, those are like really intense emotional experiences that when you, when you feel that and you hear that in someone else's music, you can really, you really, really identify with it on a core visceral, visceral level. And I think that's, and in today's society where there's so much music that's completely accessible to our fingertips at any second, like I can listen to any song by any artist like in 10 seconds from now because of Spotify and because of YouTube. And because of that idea, um, the emotion and where the music is coming from is so much more important. And the, the artists that you identify with at a certain time, I feel like are artists that have gone through similar things to you. So like artists that they're interested in something similar or, They've, you have a shared experience and the music that's the most, the music that reaches the furthest seems to be about the most intense experiences that we can all identify with. 
So that's, that's love songs, you know, that's love songs and that's having fun with your friends. So pop music, you know, like pop music right now is about going to the club and going out and like drinking. And that's like something that if you can't identify with that specifically, um, you identify with the feeling of that and like the feeling of being out with your friends and like being wild. And that's, that's why you listen to it is because you want to feel like that, but you, you have felt like that, but you aren't feeling like it right then. And you want yourself to feel like that. Okay. So this is interesting. I mean, this is like definitely interesting. I'm like, I'm thinking of, I was, I was talking to this girl today who, uh, was, I was at, at a coffee shop having coffee with this girl and we were talking about, she's a senior in college. She's in like some like neuroscience program or something. She's sort of like on a track to like maybe go to like graduate school. She was on a track to go to medical school. She's now interested in more photography, which is funny. She found me through like photography, which is hilarious to me because like that's like something I've only picked up in the last like maybe a year. And, um, and, uh, but then she's talking about that and like filmmaking and, and, and like art. Okay. So art in general. And what I was talking to her about or what I was saying was that, um, it's really selfish to so on what okay so first thing is it's selfish to to hold stuff in and to follow a path that other people uh, ascribe to you or that you think they ascribe to you and and not express what you want to do you know not follow the path that you really should follow the you know your bliss your passion the thing that you're doing alex and uh but then what i was saying to her was but like there are certain things that go along with this. And the big difference, at least the way I see it, is the difference between a doctor and let's say a musician um, showing up and performing their art every day is I don't, I don't as an audience member or as a consumer, let's say of the art, I don't care necessarily if the author, if the doctor is being quote unquote authentic to his art. If it's effective, I'm happy, <laughs> you know, as long as it, it cures me, quote unquote, I'm happy. But I feel like with most artists, if it's not authentic, it's really, really tangible. It's really, really, uh, you can taste it. And I mean, that's a little bit avant-garde, but the tr- that's the truth, right? That's why we identify with things that are high emotion that come from a true expression of an emotional place or a story or a thing. And so the challenge, I think, of being an artist is tapping into understanding and like evolving your voice and your understanding of who you are. It's like, if you don't, you, and you, you kind of have to like put your face to those flames constantly. You have to like be aware of yourself. You have to like deal with yourself and then find a way to express that. And that's like, that is, I don't want to say more difficult than being a doctor or than pursuing something maybe more standard or more corporate or more any of those things but it is like a reality and it is a huge challenge i think yeah it's it's difficult in a different way yeah so maybe that's a question for you is how do you find yourself tapping into that and then like expressing that like i don't think it's as easy as saying like i'm sad let's make a sad song or is it I mean, it's, you, you try that, you know, you yeah. I, yeah, try like, oh, I don't feel good today. I'm going to make a song that doesn't feel good. It doesn't, it's not really how it works. I don't know. It's sometimes I've made extremely happy and upbeat songs when I'm not feeling well, you know, it's, it's not, it's really, it's really complicated and it's really, 
it really seems to exist in another dimension or a different headspace. You know, you can't, you can't just sit down and be like, I'm going to do this now. You know, like you, it doesn't work like that creatively. And that's maybe why it's so interesting and why people are so attracted to it because, you know, people can't, they can't make a Fetty Wap song. You know, they can't, they can't uh, encapsulate what he's doing because for whatever reason, he's just striking a chord that so many people are interested in right now. And for me, I don't know. There's just been so many different times where I've tried to go for, I've had different ideas and like I've, I've changed, uh, you know, my thought patterns or my, my planning. And it really seems to come back to like what, what skills you've developed, you know, like habits, habits are really important. Um, and like what you're, what you're good at doing with your time. So like when I'm talking about that, I'm saying like different types of music that I make, you know, like you fall back on habits of like, this is the way I edit or like, this is the way that I process things. And I'm sure that's how it is for a lot of other people who make things, you know, like you have a, a specific method of painting or a specific method of layering bricks that you kind of fall back onto, but the inspiration behind it or the feeling behind it could be very different. Um, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that. No, I think you. I think you went to a, a very, you know, a sensible and relatable place with it. Uh, exactly. My question would be a pretty pinpoint one. Do you think your sound and your art and your craft is different now than it was, say, two years ago? Yes, definitely. In uh, what ways would you say? See, two years ago was 2013. Um, I, I think that it's just different because my life is different. I mean, I was, I'm 25 now. That would have been, I was 23 then. So, you know, like, and I can only really talk about my experiences and, you know, like how I understand the world being 25. And I know that within between the ages of like 18 and 30, I know that we're changing a lot and figuring a lot about the world. So I feel like my music is so different because of, because of all the things that I've done, all the, the changes that I've gone through in my life going through those times. And maybe, you know, maybe if I was, if I started to make music when I was 30 and then I had just continued making music for 10 years being 30, that there would be less differences and less evolution, but I, I don't know that because I haven't reached that point yet. And also I will say that there's a huge, a huge part of it is the development of technology and the, the things that we're able to do. Like the way that I make music now is very different than the way that I made music even two years ago. And I'm using the same software, but it's come up in a new way. Like I was using logic nine before now I'm using logic 10 and there's so many other tools and things that I've implemented within the last few years that are way better. And the sounds are better. Everything is just, it's different, you know, and it's, I'm able to do things that I wasn't able to do because of the technological advancement. And that's, with electronic music in particular, that's pushing it really fast and really forward. That's a great point. I think it's something that's kind of inexorably linked to art, and artists is that your craft will evolve 
because it almost in a way, unlike any other profession, not to cast a blanket statement, but your art is tied to the tools that you use to make your art. And as they evolve, so can you. And your, your craft can kind of bloom in a way that you couldn't have even perceived potentially happening beforehand. Like you, you can envision maybe the stylistic way in that your art might change over time. But you can't really even foresee the way that you've given more opportunities and options to express your art even fundamentally. That's one of the most exciting things, I think, about a, a kind of an unsolved medium. Unsolved. That's funny. It's a funny phrase, though, right? Yeah. Well, if you think of like, I mean, it, not to be prescriptive, but like, if you think of like sculpture, sure. like, is that like a solved medium? You can't say for sure ever, right? But more or less, it is, right? Well, yeah. So I, I guess it's it's not even I guess about solved. It's just that's a funny term to me. It's less evolved, though, right? I mean, yes, right, right, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I guess if you're sculpting something, you know, back in the day, it would have been a hammer and chisel, and now we have. Uh, lasers or yeah. So I guess what the fuck am I talking about? I have no no idea, right? No, but we are in more of an exponential upswing, right? I mean, because it's technologically based, hyper technologically based, digitally based, Mm -hmm. it makes we're sort of in maybe a heyday. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we're we're earlier on the curve than we think, (laughs) such as that. I mean, that's always true, right? (laughs) Ain't it? Ain't it though? Yeah. Uh, I I am a little bit curious though, like. I feel like we've been like, I'm like, we've been trying to ask it, but I I feel like the question for me is specifically even with sounds, like I know you're making your music differently, but, but let's just say like, I don't want you to like have to classify yourself so much, but I'm just interested right now. Okay. So let me give you some, some maybe perspective. Like as I've been dabbling, let's call it dabbling at best with some DJing stuff. And mm-hmm. as I've been getting more into more and more into music over the past you know, I, I was into music. For, I mean, we're, we're all kind of into music, right? But like, I was into music and more influenced by it. But I was I was into more specific types. And I think, especially over the last like couple years, I've been more and more and more and more getting interested in the actual music making artists, all this stuff. So, as I delve deeper into that, I think a lot about. And another caveat with like filmmaking, with any of these disciplines, I like kind of cultivated specific artists I'm attracted to, specific things, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, I think a lot about my taste and how that's evolving and how I figure out, you know, even my own voice as an artist, whatever medium I'm expressing that in. So I, I think my question is like, where, not, not where do you find your inspiration, but like, what, what is your, and you're talking about your, your, your experiences informing your work changing over X amount of time. But like, when you were first starting, was it like, let's say your dubstep, was that because of the time in your life or was that because of specific artists or like even, even maybe on the, sorry, the longest question. We're setting the <laughs> record for the new longest question on 10,000 hours. I'm, I, the previous record was two minutes and 12 seconds. We're going on said, four solid yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but maybe just like even, okay, let me, let me boil it to this. Like, is there a thing that you can identify as a, a thing that made you want to make music. Or, like, I think of Drive, for example. That was a film that was like, oh, yeah, I want to make movies. Or, you know, like, or, like, Primer. Or, you know, a lot of Christopher Nolan stuff. Like, in the cinema sphere, you know? But for you, musically, was there someone who was like, oh, wow, that fucking is so cool. Or an experience, or anything like that. Well, yeah, I think, I think part of it is because when I was younger, I... 
I was exposed to uh, like dance music and stuff like that. Like my dad would listen to house music and things like that. Um, what? I, really? Yeah, he likes Paul Van Dyke and like Perfecto and stuff like that. That's sick. Um, <laughs> That's actually sick. It's really funny because I hated it. I was like, why do you listen to this? It's the same sound over and over again. And like, I would make him like, I would complain about him, be like, Dad, like the music is stuck. Like I thought the CD was repeating because it kept playing the same thing <laughs> over and over again. But I think out of that, when I discovered other dance music on my own because of iTunes that wasn't like that, I had never heard anything like that in my entire life. And I was so blown away. Like I heard, um, I, don't, I don't even know the song offhand of like the very first one I heard, but I, I went on Beatport. I was like finding out, you know, different softwares and stuff like that that I was going to use to like make this stuff. And I heard the Prodigy always outnumbered, never outgunned on iTunes. And I heard some Pendulum uh, drum and bass music on Beatport. And I, I don't know if it was the same day, but I know it was the same time in my life. And I was very young and I just heard it and I just thought it was like the most amazing, interesting stuff I'd ever heard. Like it's, there's no sounds like that in our world. You know, there's nothing, nothing natural makes that, you know, it's, it's all edited and like computerized and it was just really exciting to me. And I think because, because I had gone through my childhood, I didn't really like music when I was growing up. Like I'd gone through it like without that experience or like a lot of kids are like, Oh, I, I listened to like my parents, like this band and this band. And like, then they're like, Oh, have you heard this? And like, no, I didn't hear that growing up. Like, I don't know if I'd, I must just not have been paying attention is really what it was because I, I'm, I know the radio was on. Like I know that I was around music and stuff, but I just didn't, maybe I, my brain wasn't able to appreciate it at the time or it just didn't strike a chord with me until I heard electronic music. And I was like, where has this been my whole life? And I just kind of was so interested in it and so fascinated by it that I wanted to learn more and listen to it and dig deep into it and, it was funny because I got, I got into stuff that was really underground, like right away. Like I didn't, I didn't get into it by listening to Tiesto or something. Like I, I kind of came from the bottom and went, worked my way up. And it was only like much later that I actually appreciated stuff like Dead Mouse and Tiesto and, you know, other artists that are like massively popular. Yeah. I, I and think that's, we, I saw Dead Mouse for the first time with you, actually. That was pretty fun. Which one? Uh, at Somerset. Oh yeah, and that yeah, was my first song. time seeing Dead Mouse. Yeah, nice. Dead, yeah, sorry, interjection. Um, where was I? I was saying, oh yeah, Dead Mouse and that kind of stuff. That's only within the last, I don't know, five years of my life have I really developed that. And like, even when I was being a professional writing music, most of the time, like for the first couple of years, I really hated the the popular stuff. I was like, when I got into dubstep, I liked it because it wasn't four four music. You know, it wasn't like the the house with the, with the kick drums and all that. I wasn't into that. So the the dubstep stuff was like my rebellion against that kind of music. And I was trying to make, make my own version of this kind of stuff that I thought was really cool. And I think that's a big part of like what got me into it was that it was exciting and I hadn't heard or experienced it before. You know, I, I, I got into dubstep because I heard it by accident. At, like I was expecting one thing and I heard it and I, I loved it. I went to a festival and I heard my favorite local drum and bass DJ was playing. I loved drum and bass at the time, but he didn't play a drum and bass set that day. He played a dubstep set. And I was like, what is this? Um, and I 
at first I thought it was slow and boring and then like it grew on me over the course of the hour and I just like fell in love with it. And then I, because I didn't understand it, I wanted to, I wanted to dissect it and I wanted to figure it out. So I was like, Oh, I I can make this, you know, like I heard it and I, I had dabbled with music stuff before and it was pretty much just like a switch of like, when I heard that, that's when things started to work for me. Like as soon as I started producing dubstep, that's when things started to really take off because there was years of my career or not career years of my life where I was upset that I was making music and like nothing was coming from it. Like I was posting it all over the internet. I was showing it to everyone. Like nothing was happening. People were like, Oh, you make music as a hobby. Like whatever. That's cool. And then as soon as I made dubstep, it was like, I sent it to labels on MySpace, and then I got interest and it was like right away. People were like, yeah, this is amazing. So it really, it was timing, you know, it was the right place at the right time. And it's just because I was, I was trying for so hard to get there. And it's just, that's just when it happened. That's, I mean, there's so much baked in there. I'm, I was really curious about that, like about the like kind of moment zero stuff. I feel like there's this, this funny thing with any, especially any like high level creator in any field or medium. It's like they have these little like honeymoon, like love at first sight moments and it's not like they're, you know, I, I feel like anyone who has a love at first sight story, let's just say in an actual relationship, it's not like it was the first time they, you know, talked to the opposite sex or, or the same sex, they, they fell in love with someone, but it is like all this preparation. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, this is compelling. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I need to know more about this person. I need to like, you know, go out with this, but it's just like, so it's like super cool. They just hear about that. Um, Absolutely. I have, I kind of have one question that I've been kind of uh, dying to ask. I don't even know if there'll be a good answer to it, but you know, you kind of, when you think about evolution, there's two possible paths. There's the very organic one that I think we've touched on a lot here today and your own personal experiences feed the way that you grow as an artist. And that makes a lot of sense. But there's also a kind of a participatory, more thought out means in which you have a vision maybe for where you want your style, your influences, your art to go, and you create conditions to evolve towards something. Do you feel like that's true at all for you? Have you experienced that in the past? And if so, how do you want to evolve as an artist going forward? Well, I think that, yeah, what you're saying really makes sense. And I think that maybe some people are just better at that than others because you look at somebody like Daft Punk and they obviously did like the second thing that you just said, you know, they had an idea and a vision and they've stuck with it for decades. And there's not a lot of people that are capable of doing that. And I feel like that's why it's so cool when somebody does it and is because it's so well executed. And I think that most people, at least most people that I know seem to bounce around more and that's that's definitely what I do and I I don't want to I don't want to be interested in everything that I find you know like it's it's fascinating to be like oh this is cool now oh this is cool now oh there's like so much stuff in the world but I think sometimes it's kind of a grass is always greener thing you know sometimes I would I would like to just be like oh I like this and this is what I do and I want to get to be the best at it but the, it's not just like one thing you know I can't just say I want to be the best at music because that's it's impossible to be the best at music. You know, there's you could be the best at music 
uh, to one person, you know, or you could be the best at music to uh, a thousand people you have in a room, you know, like that's, that's being the best at music. But like, even the Beatles aren't the best at music because like, that's what we usually go to as like the, apparently like the best songwriters, but (laughs) people in our generation don't really identify with it. And, you know, like even people that were alive in that time, like I know talking to some of my dad's friends would be like, Oh, we were growing up and the Beatles were on the radio all the time. We hated it because it was on the radio. It was pop music. (laughs) Right. So you can't, you can't be the best at that. And I think maybe having some kind of grand vision and evolution would be, would be the best. And I, I mean, I feel like Daft Punk is the best at being Daft Punk. You know, they're, there's nothing else like it, and they somehow they found a hole, they found a gap in the market, or they found something that they they resonated with, and they created something that, for some reason, so many people are able to identify with, and that absolutely takes that kind of evolution that you're talking about, where you you set yourself up to be in that position. I think I think it takes discipline, though, too. I, Very I mean, much so. I mean, I certainly identify with what you're talking about when we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, doing multiple things and not fully committing. I've said this on the show probably, you know, 50% of the episodes, this idea that, like, I don't know. I, I definitely made a conscious decision, I think, maybe early in college where I was like, well, I'm a little – I don't want to say I'm too ADHD, but I'm just – I realized, like, I don't have the – the discipline or the attention span to ever be the best at anything, but I have the energy for it. So like mm-hmm. I'm trying to pair that energy and like figure out, Oh, what am I going to do? And what I realized was, Oh, well I'm never going to be able to do one thing enough to be the best at it. Even though I think I genuinely have the energy or the capacity, how can I be interesting though? And I think the best way is like, I can be the most interesting combination of things. I've said that before. And so mm-hmm. that's where I like was like, Hmm, I hear this jack of all trades, you know, shtick, and I, it's like, ah, well, that's not the thing. I mean, yes, you're right, master of none, but like, jack of all fucking trades, you know? Like, <laughs> but, but like, how, how, how many, like, or like, at least demi masters, uh, do you know, of several disciplines? Like, that's genuinely interesting, especially in this era, I think. And I'm not trying to, like, fucking self congratulate here, but I am saying, like, from an early time and from uh, like continuing on, I think that's more interesting. And you know, there's a space for all people and all approaches. And the thing that I will, well, maybe I could do, but I, it seems difficult. Like the thing that Daft Punk did was they went all in. You know, it, they like really went all in on a thing, and that takes that takes the same sort of recklessness that like the Daft Punk that never was kind of might have had, you know, and maybe has is out there, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to like, you kind of have to almost be okay with quote unquote failure. And and I will say, I'm going to give a shout out to a a letter that Hunter S. Thompson wrote that I read like today that maybe we'll show notes. That was like, ooh, thank you. This is the truth. This is like a thing that I've been feeling, but I've been had a hard time articulating where he was, he was, uh, his friend had asked him for advice about his career path or his life path, whatever. And Hunter was giving all sorts of qualifiers as to like, this is only my perspective. And this, you know, I can't, pers- you know, obviously anything I say is coming from my perspective. And so it can't possibly apply to you. So you need to understand it. But he was like saying like, it's not about goals. It's not about success. And actually Vince, he used the, um, he used the same sort of analogy. He was talking about like people who are floating and swimming. I talk about treading water a lot. Mm. This idea of like people who are like looking for something just start fucking swimming. But but he was just saying like 
life is not a set of goals and you know when you say you're a okay as a kid if you say you want to be a fireman like you certainly probably don't want to be a fireman anymore but let's say the point where you say i want to be this thing so alex says i want to be a dj or i want to be a musician or whatever and it's like there's something to be said about kind of sticking to the the path and like becoming that thing but like we're people we are not goals and so like it's to him what he was saying is more important is like have goals have these things that guide you as like as like uh as constraints or as a way to start swimming but don't let them define all of your actions because then you become the goal and you are no longer the man and what's ultimately important is be, being the man and I, I think if you really want to express something authentic to tie back to what we're talking about as an artist like if you're just the DJ, you're not, you're no longer an artist. I mean, hold on, that's a, maybe a bullshit, but I mean, you're no longer expressing something as truthful as what Alex the human says, you know? And so, I, that, that like very much connected with me. I feel like that, ugh. I don't know where the fuck we were before that, but here we are. But so, here we are now. <laughs> that totally makes sense. I, I guess I want to say also that the, the authentic part, you know, uh, how he's talking about you want to be the human, you don't want to be the goal. You know, if if you're just a, a person that does one thing, you're if you're not well rounded, you know, you're not going to contribute much. You know, if you can't just only do one thing, you know, you, I mean, people do that sometimes, but you you would go insane. Like I feel like having a balanced life is just important in all in all facets. You know, you, if you're if you're trying to be a businessman, like. Any you're you're working a hundred hours a week, you know. I I don't think that that maybe that works for some people, but I think that you just kill yourself. You know, like it's important to think of like your life and try to like maximize your life. And your life is it's a it's its own thing. You know, like your life is an amazing uh, amazing possibility. It's like an endless thing that can happen. And to do one thing is good, but like you can't. You can't be a person who sits in an empty box and then works on one thing and then that's it. You know, like you, there's so many other pathways and experiences and just part of being human, you know, is like making mistakes and like making friends, making enemies, falling in love, you know, all these different things. Like these are things that make us human and like that's, that's so important to all art. And, and even and if you can't, go ahead. Well, say, even if we're talking about like career and goals and being in our, any of those things, if Alex wanted to be, well, okay, maybe not. You'd have you have to be passionate about it, right? But if Alex wanted to be a, a filmmaker, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it caught up with you in two years and you you know, were like a, you could be a good one. You could if you, if Alex wanted to be a painter, if Alex wanted to be whatever. And the reason is, I mean, there needs to be authenticity in the passion, the thing that drives you. But like, if you're a creative person and if you pursue something with some discipline and you build up these habits and these skills and this sense of taste, I think you can apply the fuck out of that to other mediums and to other pursuits. So it's like, I, I mean, and fuck, hey, you're 25, like, right? Who Wait, knows? Right. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, you're doing music and that's amazing. You could, but like the beauty is like, I feel like you get to a certain level and it's like, Oh cool. I'm like in touch with myself. I'm making stuff. I have proficiency in some technical uh, aspect, but like you can evolve that. I mean, that is, that's the opportunity of our generation. That's the opportunity that technology allows and, and the internet allows. So it's like, we're living in a pretty dope time. 
just ob- objectively dope. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, isn't that what evolution is, though? Right? It's not. It's not the idea that you know you have to change. It's not the idea that there's an end state, but it's the idea that things can change and being open to that and and anticipating your ability to grow. That's what evolving as a person and an artist is. At least to me, we're talking about so so many things so far today and it's been a great conversation one of the things we talked about was uh, being a well-rounded person versus being a specialist sure. maybe when you go to get a fast food meal or, or, or not maybe a fast food meal but any meal of any kind but continental american meal there's a specialized not alaska part. No, not hawaii not hawaii continental american <laughs> you get a meal and there's a specialized part of the meal a potato preparation starch if you will yeah called the french fry now every week we have an off-topic topic i won't tell you what that is because it's pretty self-explanatory but this week we're talking about french fries alex do you like french fries i yes i like french fries do you have a favorite establishment fry no certainly not uh i will say that i am a sweet potato fry person ah. and not a traditional fry person respect interesting well so and i'm a i'm a very huge supporter of sweet potato fries as well but i don't even they, they're not even the discussion of french fries to me like it's a oh. completely different like so side is, dish is altogether that technically not is that i'm wondering technically is a sweet potato fry it is still is it still a french fry? Uh, i mean it's all like semantics right it's like a kind of a, a non-important classification oh. but to me i would say oh. but to me oh. okay, it's okay it's no different than like <laughs> saying like is mashed potatoes a, a french fry it's like no is coleslaw a french fry no is sweet potato fries all right so they're both fried but they're like what so the different fuck are you talking about it's a fry well, still. Like, how is that a not important? I don't know. Like, where do we draw the line? Our plant? Our, uh, I don't know. Mashed potato fries. Are, are yucca fries? French fries? Yeah. Are well, okay. plantains? French fries? Grant? Just because you fry a, a starchy vegetable well, or fruit? Yucca fries. If it has the goddamn word in it, it's a fry. Anyway. But th- those are just words assigned by humans to an abstract oh, thought of a so food. So is a French fry. Is it okay. even French? That's the real question. So. So you're talking about only potato bait, like traditional. We don't potato- have to. We don't have to. I was offering my own opinion, and Grant suddenly <laughs> took a hard line stance. Was I the one who took? You you may have been quieter in your stance, but to say after I asked you a pretty innocent question, to call my question by way of your statement non important. Oh, no, the distinction. The distinction. I, I know, think but is I that was the one making the distinction. And so, so yeah, your opinion you was wrong. <laughs> Should we end the show? I'm done with this shit. Alex, that's an interesting perspective. I do. I also love sweet potato fries. Do you do you like like the fast food fry though? Do you do that at all? Do you do fast food whatsoever? Well, yeah. Not not really. Not really anymore. I I did for a while, and the thing is that I definitely still eat it. But the only times I eat it are out of necessity. You know, like if I'm traveling. But if mm. if I have the choice, I very rarely make the fast food choice. And I, I'm really I'm really into health and. It's sometimes to my detriment, and I really like to pay attention to what I eat and what it does to me. I so. mean, to what to your detriment of maybe convenience, <laughs> not to my yeah. detriment of convenience, and yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I think I don't know. Especially you get a little bit older, it's like, oh, <laughs> actually, I feel better when I eat better. That's cool. True. <laughs> maybe I'm gonna try that. Absolutely. I mean, 
But to that point, that's why a a good French fry that's made a little with a little more you know consciousness and a little more care can go so far because, like when you scarf that bucket of McDonald's fries. Now, to be fair, they have a pretty good recipe. Like McDonald's fries do taste good, but part of the eating experience is how you feel during and after eating it. And so, like a a well-made French fry. I'm gonna, uh, you know, note a fast food chain, an Arby's curly fry, wow. perhaps. That's very. I love those. Those are also great. And I don't feel gross after I eat them. They taste good, and they actually feel like food. Like yeah. I'm eating real food. Yeah. So, that's an example. I I would say curly of something. Fries. We think those fit into the classification. Well, I want to th- <laughs> throw another one in here. Of like, if I had to, if I had to pick, and even if I didn't have to pick, I just want to say that Smash Burgers. Uh, rosemary flat fries or whatever those are called are incredible. Yeah, well, really good. I'm actually, I've been boycotting. I've never had a smash burger. They're just fucking annoying to me. I when I first encountered them, hold that thought. Sorry, they're from aggressive Grant in the fry talk. <laughs> but but when I first encountered them, I was like really in my come up in the design like uh, craft, and I was like hyper sensitive to any design. And I saw their branding. And I was like, wow, go fuck yourselves. It's just the opposite of GameStops. It's, I mean, it's not, it like, <laughs> it's like it was like the most original in the first place, Impact font, but like the colors are like the exact, like RGB CMYK. Like I've like, I uh, have eyedroppered the, 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 uh, <laughs> the color schemes. And it's like, that's the laziest fucking shit I've ever seen. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to Smash Burger. I just, I have this weird like hang up about it. It's like pretty petty and stupid. No, to be fair. but I, I think it's like, fu- it's like funny and it's like kind of Weirdly endearing. Simple. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that you, you were put off by it for whatever reason. There's only one thousand different like fast food chains that you could frequent. It's not like, you know, you're they're in demand or anything, but like. <laughs> So you decided you didn't like the the way it was designed. And you didn't go. That's, okay. that's fine. But, but sh- their fries are good. Shouts to the rosemary fries. Uh, but I'm kind of curious. For me, a lot of the fry experience is about the dips. Mm. What's the dips? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you a classic ketchup man, Alex? I like ketchup, but if I'm going to go for a fast food dip, I'm going to go with Raising Cane's sauce. Ooh, what is that? Beautiful have choice. You, have you had Raising Cane's? I've had, it, I've had it, but I haven't had the fries. Well, oh, the fries the, are, it's the sauce. The fries are whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. whatever fries, okay. But I haven't, I haven't had the sauce. The cane sauce. I had like a barbecue sauce or something. Okay, wow. Walk into Raising Cane's and order some chicken and fries and dip it in the sauce and sit back and smile. I even <laughs> I even dip that toast in the sauce. I dip everything in that Finger. shit. Yeah. Oh my god. It's actually it's sensational. What an on point suggestion. Wow, you guys. Fuck, I'm a, I won't be this. sad. You will not be sad. Wow. There's I'm, one on the I'm campus here. We, we can go whenever. Oh, I'm into it. Vinny. Let's do it. Do we have our next mandate all planned out here? I'll wear my finest suit. But no, that, that's a great suggestion. I'll, I'll wear my leatherist jogger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will also say personally, I like blue cheese dressing for a, a fry dip. Uh, what I was going to say is like, I've like, this is the the ultimate guilty pleasure for me, but it's like, I love buffalo wings. I think, Alex, you know that we once, I think, are Runyons, which I actually really like their wings. Was that like a fucking Valentine's or something? Do you remember that? I remember. I, I love buffalo wild wings. I love chicken wings. 
When when was that again? No, it was know. Runyon's. It was a Runyon's. I feel like it was like Valentine's, dude. Because we were like trying to go to like Red Cow's, like a burger spot or something. And I think we ended up wings with our lady friends. But I feel like, anyway, the point is like even that spot particularly is like wings and then like fries and then it's like you got the blue cheese right there. Oh yeah. And it's just yes, that's the good stuff. The game. Honestly. Um, a great what a great fried discussion we got a little contentious early it got a li- it almost boiled like a fryer might i would say but then we, we've come back to some common ground i think the sauces cooled it off as they tend to do uh oh wow i would like to though dip back into the main topic and ask you alex who you've been by the way so gracious and vulnerable about your own like development as a career and talking about evolution as an artist isn't always the easiest thing to do. It forces introspection, but you've really been, you know, articulate and, and vulnerable and generous with it. So thank you. Um, but I would ask two more questions of you as we tend to do on the show. The first is how can those listening to the show support you? And secondly, if you would want our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would that be? Uh, the first is, I think, you know, it's hard to say right now because there's not a direct way to support me, but just checking out my music, uh, soundcloud.com slash Vasky, V as in Victor, A-S-K-I, or if you just Google Vasky and just listen to my songs, you know, Spotify, iTunes, whatever you have, um, sharing it with other people, you know, if you like it is probably the number one way to spread the word, you know, showing other people that like it, you know, supporting the social media growth, whatever, buying the music, you know, all that, it's all good. Um, so that's probably the most important thing for that. And then what exactly was the second question again? I mean, maybe about- watch, your, watch your music videos. Yeah, we'll show notes the music video for sure. And I would just say to people who like electronic music, many of my friends and myself, uh, and and many people who are in the same industry as us and just listen and just everybody it's really good it's legitimately very good and you should check it out and share yeah. it if you like it it's a good plug and uh, but it's like an earnest one yeah. which is why i feel yeah, good yeah. about it um the second question That's was if you would want our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show what would that be that's a deep question the I'm gonna, the I'm gonna spend house. a second and overthink that one. No, yeah. Just <laughs> of course, consider, consider it. I mean, it it is like you know, we're talking about evolving, and we're talking about your evolution as an artist, and and I think I think a lot of the people who are listening to this, at least the sense I get is that they're, I mean, they're especially evolving. They're people who are interested in leveling up and mm-hmm. interested in kind of pursuing other stuff. So it's like that's an important facet of it. Yeah, I guess I will say that in my in my journey and my experiences, um, some areas that I've had to grow in and learn from is while you're evolving and changing in your life and whatever you're interested in and whatever however you spend your time, it's very important to stay true to yourself. I know cheesy it sounds, but you know, stay true to who you really are and go in that direction. And it's good to ask people for advice, but you know, other people, even if they're close to you, really, they don't know what your path is going to be. And they, they can't give you the best advice. You know, you can, you can ask them for their help or whatever, ask them for their support. But like at the end of the day, it comes from you and only you know where you're going. And you have to listen to your gut and you have to 
embrace it. And even if it's scary, you have to go for it. Hell yeah. I mean, that we're, we're both self reliance, man. I, internally, I'm fist pumping. It's just like so close and into. Internally, you are fist pumping. Now I am so too. <laughs> It's just so close into like why we do what we do and the people that we talk about. Like it's a it's a common truth that echoes through yeah. everything that people say, and it's what we believe as well. Is just yeah, pursue what what makes you want to pursue it. It's finding your truth and then absolutely do it. It that that is really I think a lot of what we talk about is is finding that truth, which is sort of easier said than done, but. Um, the fucking best when you can tap into it and when you start to be honest uh to yourself and with your work and it's just like hold on to that right man exactly well man thanks just so much for your time and you've it's just been a pleasure it's oh, been really interesting oh, a treat a yeah treat. And, thanks and for it, having me it's been a treat getting to know you and working with you dude you're you're a really cool guy and, and yeah so thank you for sharing you know some of your path with with us and with our listeners i'm wondering if you could maybe sign us off uh we end the show the same every time with a little ship it we just say ship it it's just kind of how we end things ship it okay.